you can tell by the harmonica that it's time for another event of the reskilling reusing kind and we're here on the second Tuesday as usual of the month in February 2020 and we are in for another episode which we generally do uh, here at the library in the all-purpose room can fit lots of people anyone's welcome it's up on Facebook for all who wish to show up and see what happens and uh, and also, after this is done, the slides um, that are presented, if we get to them, and the audio is going to be uh, available at metageni.com slash reskill uh, podcast. And uh, if anybody comes and they want to just uh, take this uh, and with, with their own uh, sharing from their own heart or stories or questions, that's fine, but it's basically about... Uh, you know, reskilling one's uh, life and habits and uh, environs, as well as um, re reusing things and uh, all things good. So we I guess we can move right in to things. And um, I've got uh, slides that are prepared um, on a laptop, and the laptop is, uh, I think it's um, probably IBM. Uh, and it is got software that's freely available on the internet, Open Office it's called, and I'm using uh, the thing that looks like PowerPoint, and pretty much have the same functionality. Maybe it's a little quirky, quirkier, but not too bad. And uh, and so um, and I'm using the library's um, <clears throat> display screen, so uh, anybody can see it in the back of the room if they need to. And uh, my voice, I think it was kind of a quiet day for me, so if I need to drink water in order to get my um, voice box going, that's perfectly fine. That's where that uh, pauses are coming from. And I'm recording it two different ways on Audacity, which is a, a free app uh, on Windows, for, for Windows, and, uh, and that can be converted to an MP3 file. Or I also use just a regular cell phone recording, and that ends up being pretty good as well. And uh, moving right in, so the last couple of months I've noticed I've forgotten my musical intro, so wow, I'm really on the ball now, I guess. And uh, moving right into the, the, the slides and the event this evening, what we're talking about is uh, reskilling or reusing or anything that is causes one to life hack or to cause some resilience which uh, is good and refuse if uh, we don't like what we're seeing we can uh, refuse it I guess so that's one idea and um, redress if we don't like what the government's doing let's talk about things to tactics for redressing our grievances or uh, reskewing, or renewing, or rescuing, or redoing, and I've got some more uh, re's uh, later on in the presentation that I heard uh, uh, not too long ago. So we'll probably just call this the re-x anything. Perfect. Okay. So now, if I can move to the next slide, by guess clicking on the next slide. So the theme here is that if we do these you know, reskilling things on a personal level or on a uh, block or a neighborhood or a state or a federal level. It can also resonate throughout the 
um, the larger scheme as well. So it's kind of a beautiful thing. There's some mathematical and some artistic uh, aspects displayed on slide two, Rose Mauling and the Mandelbrot set. Uh, but the point is that in all things that we do, uh, we should be mindful that we don't do it just um, because we're doing it, but uh, because we have uh, access to uh, symbology, we can look at it from a larger perspective and get in touch with uh, larger things that are going on. Uh, be that in any of the areas that are 14 listed in that slide too, right? The next slide is a reminder to uh, anyone who listens to all that goes on here and says, oh, you're talking about way too many things, or look, you know, sure, that could happen, but it would take uh, too much, or how do you get that started? So it's about project management. If you have an idea, you turn it into a project, and then you manage that project until it uh, happens. So it's not that you have to be doing that one thing. You can have uh, 25 or 2,500 um, projects happening at the same time, and they all they're all on that same uh, process. So just look at uh, life in terms of uh, it can happen. It's just that you may need to rejigger things like what kind of risk do you want, uh, who's going to do it for you, um, how much you're going to cost, what timing you're acceptable for, uh, what is the scope that you're really looking at success, and how you're going to get the things that you need to get in order to get the thing done, and how does it relate to everything else. Uh, that's going on in one's life or community, etc. So uh, project management uh, is something that we can be bored of listening to and still it goes into the brain uh, in a useful manner such as, uh, oh yeah, that's how we get things done. The next slide four uh, is a placeholder. It's called live streaming gatherings and I really am disappointed how, at how difficult it is to uh, get my screen to be shared on uh, YouTube or any other um, place where I can do it live uh, because I do believe that there might be the ability to have uh, events that are occurring live and not just being recorded and then posted later but, uh, but that others could you know chat, uh, call in or just listen to it uh, live, uh, etc. That has some utility, but there are some uh, five or six different ways that it's complicated, and I'm still going to be um, moving toward it, and I look forward to being successful. It's just that I haven't been successful yet, and I will continue on as I gain familiarity, and um, I, I do like the idea of live events, um, rather than just recording. So uh, that's where this placeholder uh, is for, for uh, page four. Uh, it's, an, it's an active growth area that uh, I'm seeing slow success, but you know, non-zero success. Let's put it that way. I've popped up some YouTube videos that just come out of nowhere. It's easy to um, record live uh, of your face but it's hard to record your screen, probably because of copyright and lawyer things. It's like, you can't be copywriting that on live. Uh, so it's, it's a mess, which is perfectly fine. And you just have to accept uh, and then move forward um, with what your goal is. All right, the 
next slide is basically getting into whatever it is that uh, we're, we want to be getting into. And uh, seeing uh, that I'm the only one with my hand raised, I'm just going to speak what's on my mind. And a lot of what I like to speak to could be conceptual and could be words. And there are some instances in my um, slide set here that indicates, yeah, there is uh, some words. Most of it is just pictures. So on slide five, it's labeled, you know, fitness. Slide number one, uh, the walking club. And I think every uh, week uh, in the neighborhood, there's a Facebook group, and they say, hey, meet on such and such day, and uh, same time, same place. And, uh, and so that's occurring routinely, and it's uh, operating nicely. Uh, it's always good to get out, no matter what the temperature, no matter if it's raining, um, because you're, our, our bodies, all, with, all the way from our toes to our uh, hips to our back, um, just uh, it's a good thing to be uh, walking and I don't know if we necessarily do it all that much to be honest so uh, what happened this last event for a walking club was that uh, when um, everybody who was gonna go to the walking club showed up we all went into a car and then went across the river to Indiana and found a place to go so the picture at the rightmost of the on uh, screen number five is a picture of the path that was walked and you'll see that um, and there was an instance where there was a long there's actually two kind of railroad tracks that were went down one railroad track was is abandoned and it goes over uh, a creek and it's real dilapidated and then we barreled back and went along the other path, which is a brand new bike path, beautiful, spanking new, um, and it looks all gorgeous and stuff. And uh, but both bridges do the job for for walkers. And then we went uh, around the lake, and we saw the Ohio River, which is super high and super fast. And uh, so it's not really there was a, we saw a powerboat on it which is like weird you don't ever see boats on the ohio river but it was going so hard upstream it could barely get um, leeway even though the motor was um, chugging along really um, at a high high level so i guess i like to canoe so i'm just reminding myself there's no chance that uh, i would be able to be out there for any length of time whatsoever so that's kind of fun to see along the way there were pictures taken uh, both in the in the rural, in the rural areas in the park as well as in the street um, and here there are four pictures the f upper left picture is of mushrooms that were found on a singular log uh, that re looked really wonderful and there was a whole line of them and they're different types all clustered in in, in an area and uh, looked really compellingly cool because you know they're not only they're good eating they also demonstrate that uh, there's no toxicity nearby and it shows a good healthy forest um, and of course as a project management person I want to design a project about how do you go about um, grabbing the tiniest piece of those those shelf mushrooms 
and uh, creating plugs with them and then drilling holes in your own rotting wood and uh, inoculating them um, you know with some power drills or whatnot uh, and uh, or maybe not a power drill maybe something just sharp and chiseled uh, and so there's all kinds of things that can happen if you want to dedicate your life to being a a, a mushroom um, disseminator get the genetics of mushrooms all throughout the forest anywhere you are I think that would be not a bad thing for a lot of different reasons but I guess that's that's kind of what I wanted to mention here I guess the picture the picture to the right of the big mushrooms is also another picture of mushrooms but it's not as good but it does demonstrate that it was over by a small little stream and uh, and uh, it was it's in, a, it's in a nice place and it was a good moment for the walking club yay walking club and the other part of the along the way was a picture of um, a company that manufactures pallets and which is fine you got to make a pallet somewhere and I think there's a couple other ones in the, in Louisville but I'm just curious if they're the pallets that they make some of them are huge that if they make sec or make some mistakes and one or two of them need to be tossed out I wonder if it would be fun to grab them creating uh, some sort of um, structures or sub barriers or how uh, you can make uh, you know stuff it with straw make a straw bale or something um, it would be nice to build that relationship and I think I'll have more about that in a future slide if I'm not mistaken and the, the last picture is a grate of a sewer and on the grate it says going right to a stream so you know cautious uh, about what you're pouring down it uh, some wording is actually on the grate itself and some are on the curbing uh, above the grate but it would be kind of nice to have um, you know the sewer drain drain um, you know drain plates say words uh, that are mindful rather than just uh, you know what it is now and I think I've probably uh, published anchor articles about what horrible things are put down the drain uh, that I've seen in in Louisville in the Portland area uh, so I guess maybe more to come or it's just a, a way to articulate different ways that uh, can benefit the community um, but once you put a grade in there you can't really replace it with another one because they're so heavy and expensive uh, some of those things require thinking at a time don't they uh, the next slide slide six is uh, along the uh, fitness cascade so this is fitness slide number two and it has a couple of graphics one is a graphic of uh, working on big muscles or muscle groups I think it's things called fascia these days the the fascia of your muscles which is 
how your all your muscles are all coordinated together and uh, I guess there's something to it because it can have scar tissue and knotting and things to be mindful of and um, I guess this is uh, so I got a book on that and I also have a, a DVD that I just got from the library before I walked in here uh, just about those uh, stretches for the fascia and big muscle groups and also a picture in the lower right hand is on something I've seen on Google images that I haven't seen before because uh, a lot of the muscles in the uh, lower back and hip and, and upper leg area are very complicated but it isolated uh, the functionality of uh, some of the uh, muscles in this instance um, you've got a skeleton with a yoga um, little pillow um, whatever they're called which I bought at Aldi's recently and it really works really well a yoga block and it shows the psoas muscle how it uh, starts in your lower vertebra and goes all the way to your femur so it's fascinating how all this stuff is all articulated together and uh, it's good to know what good posture and stretches are in order to seek uh, a higher quality of life at all times right that's what uh, I'm thinking that's what I'm sharing the next slide uh, I think the picture is left over from last weekend uh, last month but the content is new I think at Aldi uh, Aldi they have an aisle for buying odd stuff and I, I think last month shared that I did buy one of those uh, sand discs and they've got a lot of different uses uh, and it's it's ten and eight and five pounds that I've got which is cool but other things that I recently got from Aldi's too is um, is an ab wheel I guess you on your knees and then you just wheel the thing forward as far as you can go to strengthen your um, stomach also I got a, a push-up bar so you don't have to so you can actually go a little bit lower in your push-ups uh, rather than just stopping when your nose touches the floor I opened up the box at Aldi uh, I think today and found out that there are f um, four bases and they only came with three bases so I can't use them so that's kind of a bummer I gotta go back and yell at them never seen that before but um, you know there well, it was a good idea we'll see what happens another thing that I got this month was a massage roller which is just like a cylinder made out of real tough styrofoam so I can roll out your, the fascia in a lot of different places which is perfectly fine and then um, last year in the spring maybe I bought a uh, like a Reebok stepper where you can just kind of step up and and I had that in storage and I brought it out because I wanted to maybe use it so we'll see how uh, whether I start using that too because then I've got it all a nice place in the basement where they're all kind of congealing together and uh, it's an opportunity when it's rainy or cold and the Y is closed to um, have an opportunity to use some things to exercise rather than just um, sit-ups and push-ups
but the whole idea, I guess, is to um, stay healthy uh, for a reason. Um, another thing um, which here on page eight is what I've learned when I got and I got the DVD just today uh, from the library. It's called Essentials or Eccentrics by Miranda Osmond White. And I got a book f from her as well. And um, she talked about um, being able to stretch using uh, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. And I read, and it's there. Basically, what you do is you just try to um, use your muscles in order to stretch. So you're actively stretching rather than just passively waiting for yourself to stretch out, which I also recommend. But uh, don't underestimate the power of um, pre-proceptive neuromuscular facilitation, otherwise known as PNF, to, um, to help with the stretching um, process. And um, I guess it, you can do that without any pain. So we'll see how that goes, but um, she's on public television every morning at uh, 8 o'clock. <clears throat> so sometimes if uh, if I'm available for watching it at 8, you don't even need to listen. You can just kind of see what she does, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, okay, and another thing that I wanted to share about um, what one can do for health, I guess, is to be as healthy as you can so you can give your health away to others so I'm definitely a donator of blood every eight weeks and uh, it doesn't need to be eight weeks in one day it can just be eight weeks because um, that's how often they allow you to give you could probably give a lot more frequently but um, they do have lawyers and they want to minimize risk uh, because they know consequences could be catastrophic and I get that so anyway that's that's um, a picture, I guess, of me um, being able to uh, get, I get credit um, from my health insurance for donating blood. That's good too, I guess. Um, let's see. Next is uh, you know part of uh, fitness <clears throat> is is also eating so. For me, my reskill is to make sure I, you know, keep up my resilience and uh, ability to go out to uh, picnic. And so this recently, I went to a fun park that had uh, a playground area and it had a pavilion. If you look at the picture on, on the tenth slide, way up in the hill, you can see a pavilion uh, in, on the hill. And I was going to go there, but there was a homeless guy with a bike hidden in there. And there was all kinds of picnic tables and a great place. But I just decided to be down um, by where the you know kids were playing. They're fun to, to watch. And uh, I'm over by the basketball uh, court as well. And you can see that... Um, you know, even though there's about it's about 36 degrees, uh, once you get uh, warmed up from the uh, ramen noodles that were uh, made there, 
Um, then you, you're ready to go and uh, shoot a few hoops, so that's, that's what happened. Uh, but in this instance, you can see, uh, I changed out, I, was, I started with tennis shoes and then I moved over to boots because um, they keep uh, me warmer. And uh, initially I was not cold, but then as I needed the boots, I put them on. And also the, um, the stove, which is white gas, was, hadn't been used for a couple of years and it uh, kind of sounded all croaky, but after it warmed up and burned out all the particulates that are not all that great, uh, it really it did, uh, did the job for, again, making the ramen noodles as well as I added some, uh, a stew of, of um, squash and onions and carrots that I had made previously that's in that white jar right next to the camping stove. So that is an opportunity that I just kind of jump at, and it could be any park on the planet. All you need is a camping stove and a picnic table, and you can um, basically um, go, go have fun as long as you're dressed appropriately, and if it's cold and dry, then that's pretty not a problem whatsoever. Um, as long as you're mindful that you gotta you know, keep moving if you feel like you don't have enough layers, etc. And another thing I wanted to share is the picture on the right, and that is that there was a just a community event, and so um, you know, Cindy had made some rice paper uh, vegetables. So you just take a medley of whatever it is that you want filling full of good things and you just she found some rice paper on sale and rice paper is really thin you put it in soak it in water for about five seconds and then you wrap it around your you know stew or whatever it is that you want and it's basically a walking no uh, spoon or fork uh, utensil um, uh, food and so that's kind of uh, great to, there was a meeting and all of a sudden uh, there was good food that was pretty uh, easy to eat. So that's kind of fun. Um, let's see. Uh, also, yeah, I think there was some, There, was, I wanted to mention that at this park there was also, besides basketball, there was a, a little climbing apparatus so one could practice um, rock climbing. Uh, right there in the park, no matter what the temperature as well. Um, I forgot to do some parkour on the on the kids' um, toy area, because that's a great place to uh, m mess around, uh, basically on top of the uh, the toys and the, 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 the various structures that the kids use. You just kind of parkour on top of it. And uh, you got, obviously got to be mindful of your balance and all that good stuff. And, but uh, there was too many kids, uh, and I didn't want to do anything wild while the kids were there. Next, um, just took a picture with my camera when I thought that this was a pretty cool thing, which was uh, um, uh, there. I had some. 4 by 8 plywood that was 
kind of rotting and going bad, and uh, they're on their way out. So I have a, a woodshed, and it's in pretty bad shape. It's just like loose wood that I just found around and put it up with some t um, roofing paper just to keep the, uh, generally keep the rain off of the wood and let it dry all, all summer, etc. And, uh, and I noticed that it was getting pretty ripped up uh, from high winds and the paper wasn't doing a good job. So I just decided to, hey, instead of throwing these uh, pieces of plywood away, I uh, would just put them on top of the roof uh, and the structure is nice and strong. It did actually, the structure was broken because of a branch that fell on it, uh, but I fixed it with a nice little n a hydraulic jack that I um, bought at Bargain Supply. And, uh, and then I stored it sideways and the oil from the hydraulics fell out and it wouldn't work and so I needed to go find hydraulic oil and uh, put it in there in a very small little hole with some sort of a straw and I had to use a piece of paper and turn it into a funnel in order for to get the oil in there because I didn't really have an oil um, can that with a small tube on it uh, in order to pump oil into the opening. Um, but all that to say is that, yep, the structure is sound, yep, the roof has some wood on it, and of course it's going to rot, and that's perfectly fine. Um, it might rot so much that it goes into the compost. I don't know. I don't think the glue from plywood is that bio-nasty. Um, the uh, it already got some some of it got kind of wet and it started rotting quite nicely so I don't think bacteria seem to have trouble with it um, so there's that the the next picture here uh, is a life hack that I recently ran up uh, run upon when there was a really long screw needed to go into really um, um, dense wood. It would as it was green wood, you know, it was, um, arsenic laced, whatever that stuff is called, uh, uh, two by two by twelve or something. But it, it was treated wood and it was really dense. So you take candle wax and you the way you get screws full of candle wax is that you just put the drill onto the um, onto the screw by screwing it into the candle and then you just put it into the wood and it uh, it works rather than getting stuck and squeaky it slides right in so that is a pretty cool life hack and I saw it and I said you know I gotta take a picture of that because that is perfect for a life hack but that's all it's on that slide so we'll go to the next one so this month what I ran into is a neighboring yard and um, the picture on the left is uh, up right next to the sidewalk and of course it's a nice little I don't know juniper or some sort of an evergreen bush but what they've done is that they've um, cut it back the height 
except for a couple of branches that go straight up and there seems to be kind of four places um, that they've let it grow long and then they've taken some uh, string or some um, some sort of ties and strung them together and apparently they're going to be growing together in an arch so there's going to be a double arch uh, you don't have to do this but it sure is cool um, looking so far and of course it'll look really great once it fills out um, but I thought it was kind of a fun uh, idea and then of course the bottom could be trimmed a whole lot more to show the uh, double arches uh, and no money no effort but lots of um, uh, good effects can can happen uh, quite simply the lower right hand picture is of some wood chips and around the corner on the other side of a nearby house there was a wood chip drop of course you can just call up your, your neighbor neighborhood wood chip dropper and they say could I have some chips dropped at uh, my house and they say sure because they save a couple hundred dollars from not having to uh, dump it uh, in the uh, wherever they dump it which has a pretty expensive so you get all these free chips so um, there's a lot that just became uh, there's a brand new owner and they want to make a butterfly garden there and the idea is to roll over some chips and start um, the decomposition decomposing of the wood chips to uh, fertilize the soil that way or you can also make pathways or um, flower beds or whatnot um, and the whole idea there I guess is to probably take down the fence in the back and liberate some ability for uh, more sun to come in and uh, make plants for the butterflies um, and the butterflies and the bumblebees <clears throat> I think there was a great article in the New York Times this Sunday about the importance of uh, bumblebees and so it's nice to create opportunities mindfully about what they're up to also uh, you can see that there's a small little um, hill and this hill can be terraced so if you you know dig in the soil a little bit and create a little flat space the, the idea would be to um, create a kiosk so on the upper right hand picture there is a little kiosk and you can you know stick a couple of four by fours in the ground make a kiosk that can be protected from the wind and rain um, by a roof and by probably a plexiglass cover or something and then um, then you can put you know posters and you can put articles about you know bees butterflies and flowers uh, whatnot to be um, an honor to anyone who uh, walks past uh, doesn't take too much just like I said a couple of two by fours or four by fours and then a little bit of roofing and uh, you've got a, a kiosk instead of just an empty lot with a lot of flowers you also have an information um, source there and uh, people can walk right up to the kiosk if there is terracing if you've knocked away the soil rather than having to walk up and slip on the hill um, as they're reading etc so that's um, a plan it hasn't happened yet but it sure um, could soon in the the walking club um, there's another part of 
Indiana and where I took a picture of a house that seemed to be uniquely um, sta standing out from relative to the others and they've done some nice terracing. You can just see that right there. And they've created plants that stay green in the winter. Uh, they have some fun architecture and they also have uh, some blue rain barrels uh, on the side there where they obviously collect water um, to keep their plant business working really well there. Um, I guess that's a little out of place because I was talking about the walking club earlier, but um, maybe it fit in here just fine. Uh, now from uh, moving from what I was doing into uh, another section would be gardens and uh, there are some existing and future gardens that I want to really share that I've got um, some actions that I did as well as uh, plans that could be um, developed so starting right here the upper left hand corner is a picture of the Portland Orchard right at probably uh, 30th and Portland Avenue uh, there's all these trees that boy and grapes and blackberries all of them need to be pruned now before any of the sap starts flowing uh, that's a lot of work but there's a good there are good trees um, also wood chips can be put around uh, all of the trees to give it some fertilization that's one way to fertilize trees I guess and um, so that's that picture and in the back there is um, a community garden with raised beds and a shed I might have a picture of that a little bit later um, then there's the picture at the lower left which uh, is a demonstration of the power of this very long hill this hill is uh, forget what they call it but it stops the river from overflowing it's some sort of a berm and uh, and it goes down a long way and if there is no ability for the city to um, cut it with its machines which it has been doing all along the the, um, the hill as well as the flat place um, in the background of this picture that's all cut but if there is some structures poles and posts that make it hard to cut then you can see it's vigorously uh, growing um, and the reason is pretty much that the water flows down to the bottom of the hill collects and makes for a great um, opportunity for plants to grow so my thinking is uh, you know I cut some of these wild trees back because they're just going crazy um, but uh, in the background all that flat land could be city-owned and maybe there could be a community garden there uh, or somehow just make something happen there because it's getting a lot of water and if it's just being chopped down by the city for grass you know it's it could have a cuter use and then the picture on the lower right is a picture of uh, a house and grounds that are owned by the 
museum, Portland Museum, Eric, somebody Eric, um, Eric Olson House Museum. You know, anyway, so it's 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 got historical aspects to it, but the grounds are basically unused. Um, they're being cut, but the branches to the, of the trees are kind of going a little um, sideways, and it gets kind of shady back in the corner. And I thought, wow, that would be great to have a mushroom, uh, a conscious mushroom garden growing. You just put some wood logs and let them rot and put some mushrooms back there in from spores from down by the river or, or whatnot. It could be a nice little story. Uh, in addition to the fact that the overgrowth and uh, wildness can be tamed just a little bit. Um, the museum is cute and all that, but that doesn't have to um, show itself as being kind of wild uh, when it can, uh, it can do better. And the next door lot is kind of an open lot, abandoned. I wonder um, if that lot is available to be purchased by the museum as well. And they can just open this whole thing up and um, the museum can uh, take it up a notch with uh, swelling of the ground um, projects. We'll just see how that <clears throat> moves ahead, but uh, one likes to dream. The next slide is all pictures. It's slide 16, but it just mentions a few things that I may have mentioned prior um, about the wood chips. I did talk about that. And pruning the fruit trees. Yeah, I did talk about that. Um, not, something else I want to talk about um, gardening and greening in, in general is that um, it's easy to share excess plants if you have plants that have big um, roots that grow as tubers. You can easily take any sort of a blade, a garden blade type thing, and knock off a chunk, and then you've got a tuber you can transplant, uh, give to anyone, or transplant to other parts of, the, of your uh, yard, etc. Um, and you know, like there are so many really good examples of this, and this could really take off. Um, but I have been the recipient of, of some of that, and uh, I just appreciate how easy uh, it is to do that. And you don't have to go to um, any sort of a, a landscape store or a greenhouse, or, or you just get it uh, from person to person. Another thing that's happening is that uh, getting communications from people saying, hey, how can I volunteer with the garden and hey, let's do this together. So I think the beauty of uh, communication is that it can make uh, group uh, efforts effective. So, you know, you got to spend a certain amount of time either uh, emailing or Google Docs or some sort of a uh, you know, project list, etc., and then build from there. And so that's kind of ongoing um, that I'm, I'm finding is uh, ramping up and probably because it's starting to be uh, that time of year, maybe. And I recently saw something on TV about Jerusalem artichokes 
and uh, it was a fun show, of course. But I did I did remember that I've been told that they're a really great plant. They grow really well. They're native and they're edible. And there's so many really good things to say about them. And even want to say that I probably have seen them, but I didn't even know what they were. So um, I'm going to want to get some and um, start playing with them for decades, no problem. Um, and the, la the bottom line there says uh, seeds from Caudill Seed Company. The, the seed company here in Portland has said that they wanted to donate uh, seeds to the Main of Portland Library Seed Bank. Come and get seeds if you want uh, as, a, as a goodwill to the community. And so that's another relationship communication that needs to be developed um, in a kind of a representational uh, way because a letter was sent through the Neighborhood Association to uh, Caudill Seeds asking for this and they said sure. And so the important thing is to obviously <clears throat> follow up about that. And then the last thing I guess on this slide, which is the first line, which is the, that there are some overwintering issues in the shed. So when um, going to the shed here recently, I noticed that someone had been living or mm, staying or storing um, things in there. And uh, so I had to get another lock because they somehow took the lock off uh, and etc. So that's kind of kind of an odd thing where if you have a shed and you don't kind of look at it every once in a while, weird thing, things can happen to it. But um, more about that in a couple of slides. But my next slide, which is slide 17, which has no number on it, but uh, is kind of about generally um, leadership. And here I've got a few examples of what that kind of looks like. And the, the first one is, uh, you know, I looked and saw that I recently got a uh, an email from a an environmental club at some local high school saying, hey, you know, let's you know, can can we talk about environment? And uh, it happens to be associated with. Um, you know, somebody that wanted to look into eating more plants and vegetarianism, uh, but it could be just anything. I think there's a lot of high schoolers that would like to reach out to the community and doing effectiveness, effective things. And uh, you know, are if one wants to stand up and say, "Hey, I got something," um, one should be ready to uh, realize that you might get the attention of youngsters who are starting to not only just look at their Game Boy, uh, but look up and say, wow, I guess I better do something uh, in this world or else it's uh, kind of going down the tubes, which is an, an easy, easy to see these days. Um, another aspect of leadership has to do with uh, um, some group conversations that were held, the picture on the right, were potential goals for the um, Neighborhood Association Revitalization Committee and uh, I purposely made it small so you can't read it so I'm not 
I'm not giving away the farm here, but just saying that there's some committees that have some ideas. And then the middle picture is a picture of the Neighborhood Association uh, brainstorming that happened just last week where there was, um, again, lots of ideas putting forward um, about where we could collectively move things. So how do you lead uh, lots of people who have lots of different um, ideas of what to do and how do you do it together? How fun is that to um, see if it can, it can work out? And then the picture on the left was a kind of a rundown of the things that uh, I was going to be speaking about in the Health and Education Committee um, meeting at that Neighborhood Association meeting, but they changed the agenda to one that I didn't know, so I didn't have to give that report, but one should always be ready to give a report about how your committee is doing if you want to be in leadership. Am I right? <clears throat> um, let's see. The next thing I wanted to do is go to the... Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop and, um, and sing a song. Because it's been a while since I've sang a song for uh, reskilling, if I'm not mistaken. So, let's see if I can do this. Um, I don't know where this m song kind of came into my head, but I you know, thought of it and said, whoa, let me go ahead and, uh, and play that. So I played on YouTube, and I kind of love it. So um, here's my rendition of it, and I don't think it'll be that long. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius, Aquarius, Aquarius. Let the sun shine, let the sun shine in the song but it was going to be a depiction of what is on my mind these days <clears throat> and it's a song about a celebration of um, just kind of realizing that things can be nasty but we also could be dawning quite nicely along those same lines I picked up a book from the library today 
Don't know why, but I ordered it and here it is. It's called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. Opening up to page 98, it is the consolidation of water lilies. And the narrative goes, Before I knew it, and long before the pond was ready for swimming, they were gone. My daughter, Lyndon, chose to leave the little pond and put her feet in the ocean at the Redwood College, far from home. I went to visit her that first semester, and we spent a lazy Sunday afternoon admiring the rocks and the agate beach at Patrick's Point, walking the shore. I spotted a smooth green pebble threaded with carnelian, just like one I'd passed by a few steps earlier. I walked back, searching the strand until I found it again. I reunited the two pebbles, letting them lie together, shining wet in the sun until the tide came back and pulled them apart, rolling their edges smoother and their bodies smaller. The whole beach was like that for me, a gallery of beautiful pebbles divided from each other and from the shore. Lyndon's way on the beach was different. She was too rearranging. She too was rearranging, but her method was to place gray with black basalt and pink besides a spruce green oval. Her eye was finding new pairings. Mine was searching for the old. Uh, and then they talk about more narrative. I was thinking they was going to say something about water lilies, but it doesn't. And so we will have to um, stay tuned for more wisdom uh, from there. But uh, you know, one can always uh, read uh, and um, narrate without free, without without fear of retribution because it's a free country free indeed so if you don't mind i'm just going to go zip over to slide number 18 and um, give everybody a um, head scratch just a couple of feet from my house on a happy sunday there was uh a train that had stopped and I looked at the train uh, that what was on the track on the each of the cars and written there was hydrogen fluoride sitting right on a bridge right over by my house so um, it's relatively un super nasty um, chemical and I don't want it stuck in my neighborhood I want it out of here uh, of course I wouldn't want the chemical to exist at all, but it, I guess it has to because we like Teflon so much. Um, and maybe I can see to it that somebody writes a letter saying, don't do that again, we have evidence. Um, I guess it doesn't show that it's stopped because it's not a video, um, but oh well. <clears throat> maybe I do still have standing. Um, as a person who wants to bring something up and get uppity. Uh, the picture down below uh, is of some random things that were found in a walk. Uh, um, one of those um, weekly walking clubs. And uh, those are one, a couple of really big screws that can go into wood solidly and and there's just a piece of fun wood that looks like a like a pedestal bottom or something. Um, those 
I guess that's just what happens when you have a camera. You can start taking pictures of various things. But anyway, that's, that's some train pain. That's what I call that slide. And then slide 19 is what I call expel. Um, in the lower right-hand corner, you can see the inside of the shed of the neighborhood garden. And someone had broken the lock, put in some a chest and a... Uh, suitcase and uh, some this that and the other I don't think they're sleeping there but they're resting their things there so we those are um, those are no longer in the shed and there's a note saying no trespassing uh, with a new padlock and another picture is to the lower left where there is a this is a nearby park by a kiddie pool and in the wintertime nobody uses the kiddie pool so apparently someone has lifted up a corner of the of the door and probably snuck in and it's a nice place to snuggle down and sleep if you throw a blanket in front of that door opening who knows I'm not sure why they would want to um, put graffiti there to advertise the fact that they that that's their place because then people like me notice it and then call the city and the city replied saying we've already ordered another door and so soon that'll be replaced i guess and then upper right is a uh, a picture of a nearby park and boy someone really unloaded a lot of garbage and i don't know why <clears throat> and there was some um, empty bottles of prescription drugs so we know um, we had a pretty good idea who was associated with some of that garbage uh, but we called again uh, 311 and that's all been picked up if one picks it up that's a good thing uh, then the next slide I think is from last week as well last month as well and it's not quite time to to submit an anger article so it's not quite done yet um, but the idea here I guess would be to basically use our river to, um, to have water spouting in the air um, for, for the fun of it and uh, so in the next couple of days I'll be writing this article uh, for publication but it's uh, the idea is still here from last month because it's a good one and then the next slide 21 is is a, it's an and it's a reserved spot for me to put a letter that I'm going to be writing pretty soon uh, just about to the mayor of the city across the river saying we look forward to partnerships and I think that was last month too so some things I just don't uh, don't get to even though I think I will um, but I'm not losing my space here in the reskilling um, slide set I'm not I'm not wanting to um, give it up because I want that uh, letter to exist and if I have to shame myself by not having it here that's perfectly fine Slide number 22, um, I found some more um, adjectives 
for the reskilling class, resilience, restore, more reasons, and that is, I uh, heard from a congressperson from Minnesota say, resist, restore, and reimagine, and she said that a couple of days ago, and I think that's kind of pretty, pretty neat and apropos for me, so I wrote it down and sharing that here, so I'm adding that to our list of uh, reads that we can do because reads, re, re, this is a re thing we're doing. Other, th uh, so some things that I can uh, see being reimagined, I'm telling stories here, is that a couple of uh, days ago I came to the library and just walked in on a board meeting on um, a group of people that want to start a co-op for a grocery store and that was um, it's, uh, fun to hear that um, that that is continuing on I guess it takes a while but the idea then would be uh, you know co-ops or everybody um, you know can you can buy the local food you can you own the co-op itself and um, and then the you can actually get grant grants that can fund a lot of the efforts as well. So that's pretty um, cool. There's more re in the world, and then there's also um, room for co-ops. So for me, you know, I've got lots of things that are reskilling, reusing, life hacking, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, going on all month long, and then I kind of posit them together. And, um, and and share it. And if anybody else wants to share anything at any time, they can just come to the meetings the second Tuesday of every month at uh, 6.30 at uh, the library um, auditorium. And then if they want to um, also have it available online, they can listen metageny.com slash reskill for the and then pick a month that you want to listen to it so i think without further ado if you don't mind i'll go ahead and um, do my exit music and then uh, stop the recording speaking of recording here's a recorder